0: Continuing our short series on Vision 2020, last week we discussed Nehemiah and that he had found a problem, that the wall was broken down and so he was going to be fixing it and so as a part of that fixing it, he, um, you like that fixing it? So as a part of that fixing it, he was given a responsibility and an authority to do the job and he actually, as he went to go do this job, he wasn't just as Nehemiah, but he went as Nehemiah, a true representative of true representative of the king, that he went as if he was the king. Nehemiah's task was to rebuild a wall. But that's not truly what his mission was. The vision was something bigger, bigger than that, and that was to bring the glory of God back to the nation and to the people of Israel. A vision is doing a task is just about a task. And so Nehemiah had a task of building the wall, but that wall building was so much more than just building a wall. It was about a vision of bringing the glory of God back to the nation of Israel and to his people, that he could envision that, yes, the wall was an important piece, but as that wall was being built, that the relationships were strengthened, that what it would take to build that wall was virtually impossible to everyone around them thought it was. And so as he's building this wall and the the plans and the actions that it took to get there, he understood that it was something bigger than just a wall, but what it would look like afterwards. That the nation of Israel would restore their identity, would restore their pride, restore their spiritual ID as well and say, listen, it looks like it's just about a wall. It looks like it's just about Second Baptist Church, but it's truly so much more than that. It's the glory of God and what He's called us to do. And how crazy is it to think that people were laying bricks, laying stones, carrying swords and looking and and doing that and looking and overseeing who's going to attack. And all the while, they're thinking it's not just about building a wall. It's about the glory of God. That's what our task is here, is that we have an opportunity here at Second Baptist in LaGrange to do some incredible things. And those that stood before us, I'm sure there were many days where they're laying bricks, laying stones there and saying, man... This this doesn't seem like this is bringing glory to God and this continual repetition of doing what God's called them to do, but a reminder for us that we stand here on their shoulders. That they have been in the process of building a wall, but the task wasn't building a wall, it was about bringing glory to God. And that's why they didn't even want to stand up here because it's not about bringing glory to ourselves, but it's about bringing glory to Him. But He tasks us, He's given each one of us unique skills and talents, And passions and desires so that we can stand here and say we are a wall that's desiring to bring the glory of God. Because listen, a lot of people would look on a church like Second Baptist LaGrange and say it's just another church. Over 4,000 churches closed this year in the U.S. Over 4,000 churches. We're falling behind in our desire to reach our communities Houston, Dallas, San Antonio, and Austin are considered a part of the Bible Belt, right? Now 85 to 90% of people that live in those cities do not have a church home and do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. If that's the Bible Belt, then we're on a serious diet. So what I want us to understand is that even here at Second Baptist Church, God has a vision For us, that's beyond just laying bricks. That's a part of it, but it's about bringing glory to Him. That in those moments where it seems like your task of helping out with the juanhas, of changing diapers, of making coffee, of even being up on the worship team, or being in the sound booth, or greeting or ushering, it may seem like, oh, i got to do this again. Be reminded that that task of building the wall is not about the wall, but about bringing glory to God. That there's someone who's walked in this building today for the first time and says, I'm going to give Jesus one more chance. And what they're saying is, I'm going to give these Christians one more chance because we're the face of Jesus. And so if we're out in the parking lot, if we're at the front door, if we're in here and we're greeting and we're saying and doing life together and creating a family atmosphere, then people want to be a part of that because they haven't experienced that before or very seldom. And so for us as adults to say, listen, God's called me to do something and some days it's going to feel like I'm laying stones and, and everything else around me is going against me, but I have a call to keep doing this time after time after time so that we can bring glory to God. That's our desire. That's our task. That what we've been doing over the past several months has been important groundwork. If you have your Bibles, look with me to Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 11. Now, like I said, today's not a, a normal day, so we're going to cover half of Nehemiah in about eight minutes. So here we go. So we know, we remember Nehemiah had gotten the charge, he'd gotten the task, he gotten the passion. He's going and he's pulled up to the city of Jerusalem. They're at the wall and as soon as he gets there, he's got wood coming, he's got all this stuff ready, he's built up and everybody's excited except a few guys and they begin to opposition begins to happen and begin to lob that opposition. So here we are, verse 11 of chapter 2. So I arrived in Jerusalem. Three days later, I slipped out during the night, taking only a few others with me. I had not told anyone about the plans God had put in my heart for Jerusalem you see, God had called him, and and that moment that he called him, he had already placed a vision, he had already placed a plan and and some ideas in his head, but but now he's taken some of the leadership. He's taken some of those people that had lived there for a little bit, and they're going out together as a small team, and they're kind of asking questions, examining what's going on in the city of LaGrange, what's happening in Fayette County, what's the stats, all those different things that are happening. We took no pack animals with us except the donkey I was riding. So my explorer, I've been going around in my explorer, examining... Fayette County, after dark I went out through the valley gate past the jackal's well and over the dung gate, those are awesome names, aren't they, to inspect the broken walls and burned gates. Then I went to the fountain gate and to the king's pool, but my donkey couldn't get through the rubble. So though it was still dark, I went up the Kidron Valley way instead and inspecting the wall before I turned back and entered again at the valley gate. The city officials did not know I had been out there. Or what I'd been doing. For I had not yet said anything to anyone about the plans. I had not yet spoken to the Jewish leaders, the priests, the nobles, the officials, or anyone else in the administration. But now I said to them, You know very well what the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins, and its gates have been destroyed by fire. Let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and end this disgrace. Then I told him about how the gracious hand of God had been on me and about my conversation with the king. They replied at once, let's build, rebuild the wall. So they began the good work. Verse 19, but when Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem and the Arab heard of my plan, they scoffed contemptuously. What are you doing? Are you rebelling against the king? And I replied, The king, the God of heaven will help us succeed. We, his servants, will start rebuilding this wall but you have no share, no legal right or historic claim in the city. They decided they were going to rebuild, and all of a sudden what happens again? Opposition. Opposition. Here I've come in the name of the king. Here we go. I'm kind of laying this out. You can see the wall. You can see the destruction. You can see whatever. And the moment they begin to set themselves into action, opposition. Verse 1 of chapter 3. Then Eliashib, the high priest, and the other priests started to rebuild the sheep gate. Verse 3, the fish gate was built. Verse 6, the old city gate was repaired. Verse 13, the valley gate was repaired. Verse 14, our favorite one, the dung gate was repaired. Verse 15, the fountain gate was repaired. Verse 17, next to him repairs were made by a group of Levites. Next to him, next to him, verse 19, next to them, Azar, the son of Yeshua, the leader of Mizpah, repaired another section across the wall, and it was his father and his grandfather and his grandson. The next repairs were made by the priests from the surrounding region. People began to hear the story, and so they wanted to to get in on this. And above the horse gates, the priests repaired the wall. The excitement of being able to start saying, listen, we have a vision, we have a call about rebuilding the wall, and people began to do it even though there was the beginnings of opposition, even though there was rumblings, even though people didn't fully understand that it was more about the glory of God than about the wall, but at least now we've got something to do, we've got a purpose, and now I'm using my calling. And even for many people in here, these are bakers, these are priests, these are whatever, and they weren't even fulfilling their actual unique gifts and talents, but they were called to make the wall, so they were doing what was necessary in that moment to bring glory to God. And so there's going to be moments for us that there's going to be things that are going to be outside of our comfort zone that God calls us to do, but we still go do them anyway because it's not about us. It's not even about the task. It's about the glory of God. And so listen, there's going to be moments where you're going to look at me and we're going to be on a mission trip and we're going to have some stuff to do and it may be a water project or something like that and I am the worst plumber ever. But if that's the task, I'm going to YouTube it, I'm going to find it and we're going to do the best darn job we can do. So my challenge to us is to get out and to get out of our comfort zone. And maybe he's calling you to some places. Maybe he's calling you to do some things because there's work to be done. Even as we've gone with the building and grounds team and we've walked around the building, every time we walk around we think we're getting closer to solving it and we realize we're further away from solving it because every time we go with different eyes and we see new opportunities to improve the wall. Chapter 4. I told you we're going to go fast. Sanballat was so excited when he learned that the wall they were rebuilding. Is that what y'all are reading? No, listen. When God begins to move, those who are in opposition to God's movement do not get excited in the way that we're thinking. They get extremely angry. Sanballat, a Sumerian, he saw his power. He saw what he'd been building be going away. He was very angry when he learned that they were rebuilding the wall. He flew into a rage and he mocked the Jews saying in front of his friends and the Samaritan army officers, what does this bunch of poor, feeble Jews think they're doing? See, when people begin to tell you stuff that you already believe, it's easy to fall back into that. He knew what they already thought of themselves, and so he's like, hey, listen, you poor, feeble Jews, you've been hearing this for a couple of generations now. I'm just going to continue to tell you, and it's easy for us to fall back into the old lies. Do they think they can rebuild a wall? A simple day just by making an offering, a few sacrifices, do they actually think they can make something of stones from a rubbish heap and charred ones? Do we actually think that Second Baptist Church can have an impact for the kingdom of God? That's the lie that I think some of us have been buying. We think we're just LaGrange, we're just Fayette County, we're just Second Baptists. No, you are the child of God that happens to live in LaGrange, that happens to be at Second Baptist, and he has an incredible vision for you. Quit settling for less than best. I don't give my children junk, neither does God the Father. The person that gives junk is Satan. Let's call that out. Quit settling for something that's less than best. Let's quit calling something that's victory, that can be easily said that man did that. Because there's a lot of church stuff going on that has nothing to do with God, but has everything to do with flash in the pan, exciting stuff that's a movement of excitement and enthusiasm, but it's not an enthusiasm from the Holy Spirit of God. And God can break loose even here. But do we anticipate it? Do we expect it? When you came to church today, did you anticipate meeting the living God face to face? Or were you coming to just do your duty? It's easy. Cowboys are coming on, my friends. I'm excited about the cowboys. I'm more excited about the Spirit of God. Because listen, I don't care how many championships they win. Those things are gone. When I stand face to face with the living God, I want him to say, well done my good and faithful servant, you did what you were called to do. You placed stones when you needed to place stones. You did tasks that you were called to do. Even though it wasn't fun, even though it wasn't exciting, you did it with the enthusiasm of the Holy Spirit because you understood that it wasn't about the wall. You understood it wasn't about this, changing diapers or whatever, but it was about the glory of God and someone, just someone, saying yes to Jesus. And I'm tired of doing church. I've done church for... A lot of years, I won't tell you. I want to be a part of a movement of God. As we're going to see, that when you're a part of a movement of God, it cannot be explained by man's hands. That people look around and they go, there is no way that that short, overweight, bald preacher could do that. Come on. We may have gone over time. Verse 6. At last the wall was half completed at its height and around the entire city, for the people had worked with enthusiasm. They were excited about what God was doing. I mean, listen, it's not exciting changing diapers. But if that's your call, that's your call. That's where God's place is. Look at chapter 5. About that time, some of the men and their wives raised a cry against the protests against their fellow Jews. There's there's some infighting happening. There's outside fighting happening. And they're continuing on. And Nehemiah just says, listen, just stop, grow up, and be adults. Junior high is past. If you want to be in junior high, you want to pass notes, you want to gossip and all those different things, go to junior high. It didn't work in junior high. It's not going to work in high school. It's not going to work as adults. As adults, let's deal with the problems. Let's deal with the situations head on and let's talk about it and get on it. Because it's not about me. It's not about the wall even. Chapter 6, verse 1, Sembalat, Tobiah, Geshem, and Arab. the Arab and the rest of the enemies found out that we had finished the rebuilding of the wall and that no gaps remained, though we had not yet put up the doors and the gates. Sembalat and Geshem sent a message asking me to meet them at one of the villages in the plain of Ono. But I realized that they were plotting to harm me. So I replied by sending this message to them, I'm engaged in great work, so I can't come. Why should I stop working to come and to meet with you? Four times they sent the message, and each time I gave them the reply. The fifth time, Samballot's servant came with an open letter in his hand, and this is what he said, There is a rumor among the surrounding nations and Geshem. Tell, tell me it is true that you and the Jews are planning to rebel, and this is why you're rebuilding the wall. According to his reports, you plan to be their king. He also reports that you've appointed prophets in Jerusalem to proclaim about you, look, there is the king in Judah. You can be very sure that this report will get back to the king. So I suggest that you come and talk it over with me. Again, rumors, little bits and proofs that they're they're trying to, to knock down Nehemiah. And he says, here's what I reply. There's no truth in any part of that. You're making this whole thing up. Hogwash. Verse 9. They were just trying to intimidate us, imagining that they could discourage us and strip the work, stop the work. So I continued the work with even greater determination. Later, I went to visit Shemaiah, the son of Delilah, the grandson of Mahadabai, and who, confined, who was confined to his home. And he said, Let us meet together inside the temple of God and bolt the door shut. Your enemies are coming to kill us tonight. But I replied, this is what we try to do sometimes as a church. When there's opposition from the outside, they're saying, we don't like what you're doing, we don't understand what you're doing. As a church, sometimes we kind of close in. Here's what Nehemiah said. But I replied, should someone in my position run from danger? Should someone in my position enter the temple to save his life? No, I won't do it. I realized that God had not spoken to him, but that he had uttered this prophecy against me because Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. They were hoping to intimidate me and make me sin. Then they would be able to accuse and to discredit me. So he prayed, remember, oh my God, all the evil things that Tobiah and Sanballat have done. And remember, Noadiah and the prophet and all the prophets like her who have tried to intimidate me. Verse 15, so on October 2nd, the wall was finished. Just 52 days after we had begun, when our enemies and the surrounding nations heard about it, they were frightened and humiliated. They realized this work had been done with the help of our God. It's just a wall. But nations trembled and feared because of this wall. Listen, when God calls you to do something and there's a God-infused vision, and enthusiasm, and perseverance when everything else around you, people are lobbing insults, people are attacking you, it will be evident to everyone that you did not do it, but God did it. That you didn't do it, that God did it. I want us to quit pretending about being church and that we can come and do some of these different things that we do and God not be a part of it. We're wasting our time. I would much rather... Watch the cowboys. I would much rather hang out with my children. I would much rather go on a date with my wife than pretend to do church. Life is short. So let's make the most of the time that we've got. I want to be a part of a New Testament church that's a move of God. Because I've done the other stuff and it truly does not satisfy. I've been at a church, large, large churches and it does not satisfy if the movement of God is not a part of it. As a follower of Jesus, my life is not my own. It's not my own. I've given it over. I'm a servant to the King of Kings. I'm a missionary for the ambassador and an ambassador of the King and His message and the mission that He has and the specific vision that He has for us at Second Baptist LaGrange to do what He's called us to do. Over the next three years, I envision a healthy, dynamic church body with hundreds of people attending worship at different times of the day and at different times of the week that are having life-transforming moments as they encounter the Word of God. I imagine a place where people are coming and going and that the doors are never shut and that we we can't keep up with who's coming and going because it's a house of prayer and a house of worship and it's just a centrifuge of what God's doing in the community and stuff is happening out of here, not necessarily even in here. I imagine and envision people committing their lives to Jesus Christ because as a church, if people are not committing their lives to Jesus, then we're just a club. And we're just paying our dues. Let's just join the country club and pay our dues if we're going to do that. That I envision that there's intentional pathways for people to move from being a guest and a first-time person here to becoming a member, to becoming involved actively, and then one day they wake up and they're, they're a, a deacon or an elder or whatever it is that God's placed them and to see them move into those places. I envision a place where more than 50% of our congregation is actively involved in a life group. That they are so connected in their life group that church happens in their life group and that they're off doing things even as a life group and doing ministry and that there are Sundays that they miss this worship service because they're out somewhere else doing worship together. I imagine seeing family members... Church members who are generous with their time and talents and treasures. I imagine visions, seeing children and students so on fire for Jesus that their parents and their grandparents come to church and come to Jesus. I imagine us inviting our neighbors and truly saying, hey, you've got to be a part of what God's happening, what's happening here in my heart and my soul and what's happening at this church called Second Baptist. I imagine us around the world serving and giving and investing in other churches around the world that are less fortunate than us, that need us just to infuse some life, some God enthusiasm in them, so that they can reach Puerto Rico, they can reach Thailand, they can reach Africa, wherever it is that God wants us to go in the future, I have no idea, but that we're going to be a part of doing that in some small way, and you'll see the ripple effect of the kingdom movement through Second Baptist LaGrange, and people will see the heritage, and they'll say, hey, what's happening at this place? Puerto Rico. And you can go, wow, it's because of these people at Second Baptist in LaGrange. They got a vision for what God wanted them to do. And this is what happened. And because of this little kitchen, people are being fed. And, and just the stories go on because of what you have been called to do. I see us in the community in LaGrange all of the time. Not just at SMEC and Fest, not just, I mean, at any time that there's a community event that we're there loud and proud with our shirts on, and the good times because people are celebrating, because we know that bad times are coming, and they can go, wow, those people at Second are real authentic followers of Jesus and don't pretend to have it all together. I want that. And so when life happens and it begins to stink, they come to this place because they know that they will encounter people that truly worship Jesus in an authentic way. I see our leaders having an intentional plan for individual growth and mentoring others and, and investing in them. And I see our church reproducing itself. I see new churches. I see new ministry teams here. I see we're already having that. We're seeing men and women called the ministry out of here so that they maybe in a few years we look up and someone here, I don't want to put names, maybe Jonathan, in a few years we wake up and he's in Smithville and he's planting a church. And we're sending some of you there to plant a church. That's okay. It's the movement of God. Don't do it. But we want somebody to do it. I see a wall, but it's not about a wall. I see a church, but it's not about the church. It's about the glory of God. And listen, that means it's going to be sacrifice. It means there's going to be some sleepless nights. It's going to be some prize attacks. It's going to be some people that you think that your friends are not your friends. Because I've been in church long enough. Sometimes those that are closest closest to you, that you think love you, think they got your back, think you can call them at 2 a.m. You can't. Because the only reason that they're here is because it's for them. And listen, if if we're honest, we've been in church long enough. It's happened to all of us. So some of us we can't trust. Because it's happened so many times, you don't know who you can turn your back on or who you can't turn your back on. So listen, that stuff is done here at Second Baptist. I don't know if it's ever happened, but it ain't happening now. We're going to do the work of God with an enthusiasm of the Holy Spirit. This is going to be a place where you've got to get on your knees and you're going to have to be praying. You're going to have to be working. You're going to to be doing your thing so that we can have an impact because, listen, When I die, uh, here's what I want. I want my kids to say my dad was awesome, cool, and he loved me. I want my wife to say he was, I can't imagine having married another man. And I want people that have come in contact with me to say, listen, that guy was weird, but I know that he loved Jesus. And I know that he had my back. Whenever we go into battle, whenever the Romans went into battle, they stood back to back. And they would fight, they would draw their swords and they were back to back. Listen, we're going to have to stand back to back because the moment we begin to charge this place and say, listen, we've got a vision, we've got a calling upon us to reach LaGrange, to reach Fayette County, people are going to start to battle. Find someone, get back to back, and let's do this.